you are listening to the Sermon Audio Podcast from Heights Baptist Church in Alvin, Texas. For more information about our church, you can find us at heightschurch.org. If you've got a Bible, turn it on or open up to 1 Corinthians chapter 11. And so 1 Corinthians chapter 11 is where we're going to be this morning. Uh, As we kind of think about the Lord's Supper and we talk about the table, uh, today I want to talk to you about table manners. You know, I mean, if you think about being invited maybe over to somebody's house for for a meal or or somebody invites you out uh, to dinner, you want to have proper table manners, right? You you don't want to offend your host uh, with poor table manners. And when you think about the Lord's Supper, this is God's table. And we receive an invitation to his table through faith in Jesus Christ. And so if this is God's table, we want to have proper table manners as we come to his table. And so in 1 Corinthians chapter 11, Paul is writing to a church in Corinth. And he's throughout the letter, he's having to correct a lot of different uh, things about what they're doing or, or maybe some beliefs they have. And he's trying to bring them back into correction under the authority of the word of God. And, and in chapter 11, in verses 17 through 34, he addresses the Lord's Supper specifically. And he says, guys, we've got to talk about table manners uh, because when you come to the Lord's table, uh, you're, you're off in a lot of ways. And so let's kind of move through some table manners this morning, getting our hearts and our minds ready to partake of the Lord's Supper. The first table manner is going to be this. We want to have proper participants to the Lord's Supper, right? proper participants at the table. Now, who should take the Lord's Supper? Who's it for? You know, some people are going to say it's, it's for everybody, right? Jesus was for everybody, and, and so therefore, the Lord's Supper is for everybody. It doesn't matter what you believe, who you are, uh, you can take it. Well, notice Paul in verses 17 through 18 says this. He says, but in the following instructions, I do not commend you, because when you come together, it's not for the better, but for the worse. Verse 18, for in the first place, when you come together as a church, I hear that there are divisions among you. See, notice Paul in verse 18 says, when we come together at the Lord's table, it's, it's as a church. And so if you think about who partakes of the Lord's Supper, Paul is writing a letter to a church. He's addressing Christians and their actions at the table. And so therefore, the Lord's Supper is open to believers in Jesus Christ. All right, now, there's also a debate on that. All right, so there's the church. And you can read throughout the Bible in the New Testament at times. Uh, the church is going to apply universally. Right? And so if you think about the universal church, we are brothers and sisters in Christ. You have brothers and sisters in China today, in Africa, in, in Ireland, in South America. Right? So we are a church universally, those who believe in Christ Jesus as their Lord and Savior. But then there are local churches that you can belong to. And so some will hold to the fact that the Lord's Supper is for believers in the universal church. Then some will say it's for the local church. You have to be a believer in Christ and a member of a local church. What we practice here at Heights is we say you have to be a believer in Jesus Christ. We'd love for you to be a a member of our church, a partner member of our church, standing side by side together, getting the gospel out to many people. If you're interested in that and you want to know more about that, we have a class on February 9th and 16th 
uh, at 9 o'clock talking about our Discover Heights, what it means to belong to Heights as a partner member. But what we say here is what we believe is the Lord's table is open to those that are believers in Jesus Christ. And so let me uh, address this because uh, I, I want to say this from a lot of grace and love. If, if you're not a follower of Jesus Christ yet, uh, we are not trying to uh, put you down by saying that this morning. Some of you may go, oh, hang on, that's very, very exclusive and I don't know about that. Here's what I want you to hear. The most important thing for your soul this morning is not for you to take the Lord's Supper, but to come to Jesus as your Savior. See, baptism, Lord's Supper, those are not the ends of your faith. It's the beginning. It's what we show as believers in Christ Jesus that we believe. We're going to talk about it in a minute, but Jesus says when we do this, we do this remembering what Christ has done. Well, you can't remember something you don't know yet. And so what we encourage you this morning is to come to know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. But let me address this too. Parents, I know we have kids in the room this morning, and and this is hard sometimes for kids because you're making them sit up straight right now. You're making them listen to me, and then the bread and the cup's going to come in a minute, and they're going to think, whoa, whoa, I'm getting cut out of snack time. Hang on. What's going on? I had to sing. I got to listen to this guy, and now you're denying me bread and, and juice, right? Parents, if your kids aren't there yet, then it's not for them yet, right? If they're not followers of Jesus yet, parents, you take this opportunity to explain faith to them, right? To ask them if they're ready to come to know Christ. I I remember that specifically growing up, that, that my mom, after the Lord's Supper, would go over with me. You're not quite there yet. You don't quite understand it yet. And then when I got to a point of understanding, I could. So, so parents, don't lose that opportunity to speak truth into your kids today. So the first table manner is we want proper participants. Second table manner is this. We want proper conduct. So when we come to the table, we want proper conduct. Let's pick back up in verse 17. Paul says, uh, I don't commend you. All right, if you have an NIV version, it's going to say, I don't praise you because when you come together, it's not for the better, but for the worse. For in the first place, when you come together as a church, I heard there are divisions among you, or another word for that could be factions among you. And I believe it in part, for there are many factions among you in order uh, for those who are genuine may be recognized. When you come together, it's not for the Lord's Supper that you eat. For in eating, each one goes ahead with his own meal, one goes hungry, Another gets drunk. Verse 22. Do you not have houses to eat in and drink in? Do you despise the church of God and humiliate those who have nothing? What shall I say to you? Shall I commend you for this? I will not. And so what you had in the church of Corinth was not a a church where it was everybody together, but it was a church of, well, everybody for themselves. It wasn't a, a team pulling together really looking to spread the gospel, but it was, I'm going to do it my way, and this person's going to do it their way, and, and we're going to have factions, and we're going to have cliques, and, and we're going to all just be here for me. I'm not going to be here for you. Why'd you come today? Maybe somebody brought you because they promised lunch. I don't know, right? Hey, if you come, I'll buy you lunch. Oh, all right, yeah. Why'd you come? Did you come for you? Or did you come for somebody else? See, I, I think a lot of times in our American westernized individual mindsets, we want to do church for us. Did the music speak to me? Did the sermon speak to me? 
Did I have a good worship experience? Or are you walking in the doors each week and practicing Hebrews 10, 24, and 25, not forsaking the assemblies of yourselves, but seeking to stir up love and good works in one another as we see the day of Christ returning approaching? See, how would it radically transform our church is, our church, and your coming to church if we walked in and go, okay, who am I encouraging today? Who in my life group do I need to maybe pray with on the, in the hallway? Who do I need to greet? Who do I need to give up my seat for? Who do I need to come alongside and, and say, how can I serve you today? Right? Isn't that a, a far different worship experience than just the come on and serve me today? See, I think when we put a little more we and not just me, you're beginning to line up with the New Testament church. And so that's what Paul was saying, is guys, there's divisions among you. There's factions among you. There's cliques among you. And, and let me just say this really, really briefly. One of the struggles I think we have at our church that we need to work hard on is what I will call the heights bubble. What the heights bubble is? There are some of you that have been here for so long, and that's awesome. I'm glad you've been here for a long time. But some of you know each other so well, you've got a bubble of friends, and you're in this bubble. But over the last couple of years, what have we seen? We've seen an influx of new people within our church. Who's connecting to them? Who's bringing them into the life group? Who's taking them out to dinner? See, sometimes we just get in our, our bubble, we got our friends. This is our bubble. This is our safe space. These are the four or five or six or ten people I know because I've been here with them for 20 years. But then you get a new person coming, a new family coming in, and they're kind of over here. They're disconnected. I'm like, well, wait a minute. I want to belong here, but I don't belong. I haven't figured out how to to pop the bubble. I know I'm stepping on toes. I'm sorry. Is that okay? Am I stepping on toes too hard on this? I'm sorry. Take a deep breath. It's okay. But how about this? Let's pop the bubble. Amen? Let's just pop the bubble. Go meet the new person. Go invite them to life group. We've checked them out before they've come in. It's okay. Right? It's okay. Nobody's a vampire or werewolf. You'll be all right. You, you, You get it. But pop the bubble. Say, look, I'm coming for, for we, not me. I'm coming to serve someone else, love someone else. We want proper conduct at the table. I love in verses 17 through 34, and you can count the instance where Paul will say, when you come together, or your translation may say, when we come together, or if you have a southern translation, when y'all come together for the Lord's Supper. Five times, right? When we do this together, we want proper conduct. Third, we want a proper purpose uh, to our table manner. The proper purpose, you know, have you ever thought about sometimes you get an invite out to dinner or maybe to lunch and uh, you go, why did that person invite me? Why are they asking me out to dinner? Why do they want me to come over? What's the purpose? Right? And maybe it's to sell you Mary Kay or, or uh, you know, close a business deal or maybe to give you some good news, maybe to give you bad news, or maybe they just say, hey, I don't know you real well and passionately talk about popping the bubble today and just want to get to know you and fellowship with you. I mean, but what's the purpose sometimes of coming to the Lord's table? Why do we come? 
What's the proper table manner? Let's pick up in verse 23. Paul says, For I received from the Lord that which I also delivered to you, that the Lord Jesus, on the night in which he was betrayed, took bread. And when he'd given thanks, he broke it and said, This is my body, which is for you. Do this in remembrance of me. Verse 25, in the same way, he also took the cup after supper, saying, This cup is the new covenant in my blood. Do this as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. For as often as you eat this bread and drink the cup, you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. We see two purposes there of partaking of the Lord's Supper. First, we partake of this in remembrance of what Christ has done. Right, so as believers in Jesus Christ, we're coming, and this is a physical action uh, that within our minds mentally and that we, we show that we're remembering the bodily, physical death of Jesus Christ. And then that we remember that Christ rose from the grave, and it's by the blood of Jesus Christ that our sins are washed away, that our sins are cleansed. And so when we come to the table, we come to the purpose of remembering Christ. But you notice something else Paul said. He said a second reason that we come is we come proclaiming the Lord's death until he comes. So this is an act of remembrance, but it's also an act of proclamation. We want to remember what Christ has done. You know, I I thought about it this week. We live in a very what-have-you-done-for-me-lately society, don't we? I mean, the, the stock drops and the CEO's out. The, the football coach has a, a couple of losing seasons, and he's gone. We have a culture of what have you done for me? What have you done for me lately? And if you haven't done anything for me lately, I'm going to move on. How many of you treat God that way? How many of you are sitting here today going, God, really, what have you done for me lately? God, what, what have you really done? Coming to the Lord's table is that act of remembrance, that act of remembering what he has done. Christ purchased your salvation by his death and by his blood. It's remembering over and over, this is what God has done. Just like the choir just sang, it's it's coming to the table and remembering every moment of grace God showed you. Remembering all those times that you were struggling and God's presence was there. Remembering all those times where you didn't know a way that this was going to work out. And God made a way for it to work out. It's making a proclamation of what Christ has done. But finally this morning, we need a proper preparation. Our final table manner is to get ready. A proper preparation to the Lord's table. You know, I, I don't know about you, but um, when I was out playing as a kid, um, we didn't have text messaging where my parents could text me and say hey it's time to come in some of you had a clock and this was the clock of knowing when it was time to come in the street light came on amen right anybody in there right my parents would tell me okay you go ride your bikes you go to the park you can go do what you want to do when the straight light comes on it's time to come home anybody else or just me all right some of you are nodding your head that was our clock Nearly no iPhones to set an alarm to or anything. Street light came on. Whoop, got to go. No matter what, if the score's tied in the basketball game, you got to go. Right? And then when you came in, it was time for dinner. But how'd you prepare? What'd your parents tell you? You better wash your hands before you sit down and eat. Right? You better get ready. You better be prepared. 
You may, as parents right now, say that to your kids. Hey, make sure you wash your hands before you sit down to eat. When you and I get ready to partake of the Lord's Supper, we've got to spiritually prepare our hearts. And that's what Paul says here in verses 27 through 34. He says, Whoever therefore eats the bread and drinks of the cup of the Lord in an unworthy manner will be guilty concerning the body and the blood of the Lord. Verse 28, Let a person examine himself, and then so eat of the bread and drink of the cup. For anyone who eats and drinks without discerning the body eats and drinks judgment upon himself. That is why some of you are weak and ill, some have died. But if we judge ourselves truly, we would not be judged. When we eat, we are judged by the Lord. We are disciplined so that we may not be condemned along with the world. So then, my brothers, when you come together to eat, wait for one another. If anyone's hungry, let him eat at home, so that when you come together, it will not be for judgment. About the other things, I will give directions when I come. Paul speaks of a time where we need to examine our hearts, examine our minds, make sure there's, there's not unconfessed sin in our lives, make sure there's not bitterness, make sure there's not unforgiveness towards someone else. And we're going to have a moment and a time in a minute to examine where I'm going to give you just a chance for you to call out to God right where you are and say, God, I, I need to spiritually prepare my heart and mind before I come. Because Paul says that there's judgment if there's not, if you're not ready. If you take this in an unworthy manner, there's judgment. Now remember, he's writing this to Christians. And so this judgment word is going to mean discipline. As a believer in Jesus Christ, God is your spiritual father. He loves you. And as a loving father, when you and I sin, he brings a discipline in our lives. And he disciplines us just as you would discipline your children to bring them back into right correction. To bring them back into right fellowship. And so when you sin against God, yes, you can turn from your sin and ask for forgiveness, but there may be consequences to that sin. Maybe some discipline God brings to say, I'm bringing you back into right correction and standing with me. And so I I want you to read those verses. I want you to take them seriously, but I don't want you to get scared because, you know, verse 30 says, some of you are weak and ill. Some of you have died because of this. So I don't want you to think, oh gosh, I got the flu and I'm under God's discipline. Well, is there sin in your heart? (laughs) And we do need to think about those things sometimes. But don't panic every time you get a sore throat or any of those things. Paul's addressing abusive behavior to the table of an unrepentant person. And so this morning, I want you to end with this verse with me. And I love this verse out of Proverbs chapter 28, verse 13. As we get our minds and hearts ready, as we come to prepare ourselves. The writer of Proverbs says this, whoever conceals his transgressions, that's a fancy word for sin, whoever conceals his transgressions will not prosper, but he who confesses and forsakes them will obtain mercy. And so this morning our table manners are this, proper participants, the table's open to those of you that are believers in Jesus Christ. Uh, We want to practice proper conduct We want to come together loving one another, serving one another, renewing our commitment as a church together. We want to come for that purpose of remembering what Christ has done, proclaiming his Lord, his death until he comes. And now I'm going to give you a chance to prepare your heart and your mind. So let's go to the Lord in prayer, just right where you are. I'm going to invite those uh, that are serving this morning Uh, to come down as we are praying, and you can position yourselves as well.
But just take a moment, just right where you are, and confess what needs to be confessed to God. It's just between you and Him. Say what needs to be said. If there's that spirit of unforgiveness, ask Him to help you forgive that person. If there's that bitterness, ask Him to take that bitterness away and put joy in your heart. If there's that sin, see that sin for what it is. Rebellion against God. Come back to Him. Renew that commitment to Him. Thank you for listening to the Sermon Audio Podcast from Heights Baptist Church in Alvin, Texas. On Sunday mornings, we have life groups for all ages at 9 a.m., followed by worship service at 10.30 a.m. For more information about how to support the ministry of Heights Baptist Church, go to heightschurch.org.